You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Friday. Happy Black Friday as retail markets around the United States would have you know it as it is the Friday after Thanksgiving. There is no cheat sheet here today. It is a very special edition. The first, maybe last, who knows, edition of Friday Football Friday, a product presented to you by the SP Nation NFL Show. Make sure you go subscribe to the SP Nation NFL Show, available on all major podcast platforms. Leave a rating, ride review, tell everybody how you love Monday Football Monday, the best show that the SP Nation NFL Show does. That's where you know me from. I'm Arjo Ochoa, also from Blogging the Boys, SP Nation's supreme site that covers the supreme team in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Joining me for this edition of Triple F from Bleeding Green Nation, manager, editor-in-chief, troll extraordinaire, does some sort of like um, side gig with Rob Stats Guerrera here on the podcast feed. And it was on Thursdays. Uh, Brandon Lee Gatton, thanks for taking the time to join me. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, BLG. Happy Thanksgiving, RJ. You sound somber for some reason. I can't imagine why. Um, but yeah, you know, the oddcast, the, I, I always say you can talk about whatever Monday football Monday best podcast best is subjective. Most important is objective, I would say. And clearly the oddcast on Tuesdays with myself and Rob Statsker, as you mentioned, the most important podcast on the SB Nation NFL show feed. Although I will say Friday football Friday, probably the most important one time, maybe only show. So we have that going for us here. And I want to say 73 reviews on, you know, Apple Podcasts. Let's get that up to 100, you know, before the end of the season. I mean, we should be well above that before the end of the season. But at the very least, we should be there. So, uh, RJ, uh, I feel like we should start off this episode. You know, we're coming off Thanksgiving. Uh, what did you eat? Uh, well, um, I had the, the normal fixings as, as, um, as, as, as imaginable. Uh, my wife and I, we actually live in the same neighborhood as my parents. So, um, you know, all, all this has, has been a little bit different for, for my family. So we were able to have turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, corn. I'm not a big like green bean guy. Like I don't like the hot green beans. I like them to be a little crispier, if that makes sense. Um, rolls and all that together. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, BLG. I don't know if anybody knows this about me. I only came around to stuffing like three years ago. Um, so I'm making up for a lost time. Um, I was a bit of a picky eater as a child, liked my hamburgers plain and dry as an example there. Uh, but it was great. I've already had a plate of leftovers actually, uh, before you and I talked, you were kind enough, uh, was actually your job to wait until the game I was covering was over. Uh, and for me to kind of take care of my duties at BTB for us to start doing this. Um, we were actually going to wait until after the night game, but obviously that did not happen. And we have some news to get to there as well. But so that's what I had to what, did you have turkey and all that jazz? RJ, I am not a big Thanksgiving food fan. It's this overrated. Is, this is not really it's, shocking in the slightest. It's overrated. I So I did a Thanksgiving food draft on BGN Radio last year with uh, Jimmy Kemsky, my co-host on that podcast. And I took pizza number one and it pissed a lot of people off because in my mind, 
anything can be Thanksgiving food. And I want to give big, like, major props to Kyle Posey from the Pupcast, another mm-hmm. good show we have here in the SB Nation NFL show feed. He he said, hey, we're doing Mexican this year. I love that. I want to that, I give him so much credit for changing it up because every year, turkey, all this stuff, it's boring. And by the way, you mentioned green bean casserole. That's actually the number one worst rated, uh, I think, side on the SB Nation Reacts poll, right. as we mentioned on the, the look ahead this week. So uh, good pick by you in there. I'm sure you you helped influence that decision as well, or at least were part of it. Um, yeah, so not a Thanksgiving guy. I did Wawa this year for Thanksgiving, and I was totally fine with that. And for people who don't know, you know, it's a regional thing, Philly area. Uh, it's more than just a gas station. Uh, people who say that don't understand. It's a transformative experience. You get to the Wawa touchscreen. You can customize the sandwiches. I got a, a gobbler hoagie. It's a it's a hoagie with mashed potatoes and turkey and garlic aioli. I got another hoagie because I'm a huge person. I'm six foot nine. I can eat a lot. I got a house or not house sized, a family sized, a BLG sized, uh, uh, yeah, me sized portion of baked potato soup uh, with bacon. Uh, again, it was a family sized portion. I housed that thing. So me, I, I had a great Thanksgiving. Not eating boring traditional. Overrated Thanksgiving food. BLG is our um, our resident outcast at SB Nation. <laughs> um, you know that's that's just kind of the way things roll. Every, it, and that's why, like you, you mentioned, this is like a one off show. Um, this is like when your favorite band comes to town for one night, right? And and like we've we've put together this whole thing. Like we're all going to go to this bar after we're going to do like a a Q and A with some fans. We're going to sign some stuff, and you're like, man, I don't want to do that. Like I'm going to this dive. Like that's the BLG way. Um, congratulations on the Wawa, I suppose. Um, I, 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 what's Thanksgiving like for you as a football fan? Because for me, my whole life, like everybody has these Thanksgiving traditions, but obviously growing up as a Cowboys fan now with what I do, that is such a huge portion of my day. Uh, and it has been for my entire life, but you know, the Eagles and Cowboys played on Thanksgiving six years ago. That was not a great day, but it led to a, a great end of that season. Um, and so, you know, occasionally, you know, Philadelphia Eagles get a little bit of love, but nobody really cares about them. But so what is it like like today as an Eagles fan? You just get to sit back and relax or what, what's what's the day like in that capacity? Yeah, it is nice uh, to not always have to work on Thanksgiving. I, I, I don't I wouldn't like that. I, I don't envy you in that regard, um, you know, because it's a nice it's a, it's a holiday. It's nice to have off and not, not always work on that day, um, even though I do end up working and writing anyway, usually about the Cowboys, especially if they lose, probably only if they lose um, like they did today. So so that's always good for me to watch the Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving. They did this year. They did against the Bills last year. Uh, you mentioned 2014, the Eagles beat them there. That was pretty much like the beginning of the end of the Chip Kelly era. Like that was the highest point it got to. And then it was like downhill from there. Um, the Eagles got then embarrassed on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. And that was really basically the end of the Chip Kelly era right there where it was like really bad. And he pretty much couldn't recover from that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a different experience. I like to bring up every year how the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving at home is an unfair advantage. It totally, like, I'm not, it's not a biased take. It's totally unfair that they don't have to play road Thursday games, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, Well, actually, they may or may not have an even larger advantage next week because of the fact that they play on Thanksgiving Day. But again, we'll get to that later uh, as it pertains to the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon, what's your favorite number? Your favorite just individual number one number it could be like multiple digits 
oh, respect, CD Lamb fan you are. I know that you were yeah. really, really high on him in the draft <laughs> Why process. did I say that? <laughs> so, um, Instant regret. <laughs> right. So I think you've you've talked about this at, at Bleeding Grenation. There are some numbers that make sense for certain players, right? Like you can't have like a, like a wide receiver wearing like 16 is a terrible idea. Things like that. Um, what what position? Hashtag is, jersey number analytics. Get it right. right. Yeah. Um, what is the ideal position for number 41? Like if somebody's wearing mm. number 41, what position are they playing in your mind that fits? Fullback. Mm, that's okay. I think it depends on their build. I think some corners can pull it off. It's it's a rare thing, but some corners can. Ronald Darby wore 41 in the Eagles Super Bowl season, and uh, I didn't like it because he had 35 in training camp with the team, and he switched to 41. I like 35 better on him, but uh, yeah, I don't. 41's like back of the end cornerback, back like back into the roster cornerback, right? Like not well, gonna make the team guy. He um he. I guess had a great day on Thanksgiving, ultimately, uh, net, net great day. But 41 was the magic number. Both teams that won, the Houston Texans and the Washington football team, both visiting teams scored 41 points. Let's talk about the Texans first. 41 to 25, the final score at Ford Field. Um, obviously, no fans at either of these games or limited fans, however you want to look at it. I do miss the like annual... Um, we booked Nickelback for our halftime show in Detroit. This, you know, the city rioting about it, whatever. Um, I like the Lions throwbacks that they wore. Um, that's kind of the only thing I liked about this game. This was really bad. Um, Tony Romo and Jim Nance were talking about their family for most of this because, again, it was a really bad game. I think the people BLG are going to look at this and be like, and this was already kind of happening. Oh, the Texans, man. Yeah, they, they're they really good. Y'all are sleeping on them. And I don't mean to like dog the Texans, but the Lions are straight garbage. And I think that that's kind of the bigger takeaway from this game. Uh, now that we're done talking about this game, we can move <laughs> on to the... No. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a really uh, just not intriguing matchup in terms of... This game has like really no significance. Like... The Lions are bad. They're too good to be, you know, terrible at the, t- the top of the draft order. Um, the Texans are too bad enough now to really sneak back into the AFC playoff picture. I guess, I mean, like maybe if they did something crazy like win out and, hey, Deshaun Watson's playing well and Will Fuller did good today. So if they, you know, if there is some unlikely run in them, which I don't think there is. I mean, you're kind of just really stretching there to, to shoehorn that angle in uh i think the the thing that i take away most from this game and i was thinking about it heading into this week is like why is matt patricia still here and i guess i found my i caught myself and i was like oh because they're playing on thursday like they're not going to fire a head coach you know before a thursday game um but now there there's every reason to get rid of him at this point like if he's not gone by the time this podcast drops on Friday morning, we're recording Thursday night here. Uh, then, like, what are we doing here? Like, he should be gone. He should should have been gone before this season. Like, why is Matt Patricia still here? You know the um, the Taylor Twelman rant when the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify for the World Cup, and he does the like. I think it was on SVP at the time. He's like, "What are we doing here?" Like, like that's that's how I felt. Like you said it, but like that's what triggered it in my mind. That's how I feel about the Lions. They are. That's the worst type of season to watch or to root for or whatever. Um, and I think I think you're like Dobby the Elf. Like you've been handed clothes as an Eagles fan. Like now with, spoiler alert, Washington in first place in the NFC East, you're like free to like focus on the draft a bit or, or to root for that a bit. You know what I'm saying? But like the Lions don't have that luxury. The Lions are in this like awful level of purgatory. And I think Matt Patricia is like really emblematic of that. Um, 
and I I feel really like Matthew Stafford's going to end up as one of the like most wasted quarterbacks of all time. There's there's nothing redeeming about like Muhammad Sanu suddenly became the offense at the end of this game, and that that in and of itself is a really weird idea and in, in complexity. But the other thing about this was like late in that game when they were down 16 points because there was like five minutes left when that was the case. They were moving so slow, you know, and and that's just kind of what they are. They're they're kind of like. They're just people who like have jobs in the NFL. There's no like structure. There's no organization. And like I, I was thinking, like when was the last time you were ever even like nervous about the Lions? Like when when the Eagles were going to play them, that you like legitimately lost sleep. Yeah, it didn't exist. I remember the Eagles <laughs> played the Lions uh, week three last year, and I was like, okay, you know they're going to win that game, and they didn't. But it came down to the end, and uh, I was not exactly scared. I mean, Matt Patricia was the biggest reason why I wasn't scared of them. It's like this guy's like a dummy. He's gonna mess it up. And uh, yeah, sure enough, they were they were slow at the end of that game. I remember thinking like they have to score here before the two minute warning. Like they right. need this this extra like yeah you got to go stop score. the clock exactly. And it, and that's not all on Matt Patricia. Like I think it it ultimately lands on him, but like that's on Matthew Stafford too. I mean, the, the whole like culture of the Lions is just. I mean, like they feel like. You know, like remember when you were like a little kid and you had like that spot in your room and you were like, I'm done with this toy. It it can just live there. You know, like it could just collect dust. That The Lions are that for the NFL. You know, like they just collect dust in the, you know, in, in the city of Detroit. That's it. That's all they're good for. They play next to the Tigers. That's their redeeming quality. I think they need to get rid of Bob Quinn too. There, the whole the whole Patriot way, you know, another organization that has fooled themselves into thinking like they can just copy what the Patriots do, like the Lions have. Like, just get clean house. Like, get rid of Bob Quinn because what's he gonna do? Is he like if if you relieve him as your general manager, is he just gonna hire like another Patriots guy and like they're just gonna do this again? Like, no, get rid of the GM Bob Quinn. Get rid of the head coach Matt Patricia. Get rid of Matt Patricia like now. I don't think this is an Adam Gase situation like where you need to keep him to make sure you like. Like, secure the number one overall pick. I think they kind of need to send a message to their fans like, hey, you know, like there's accountability here. Uh, you know, we're going to get this right. We're going to make a change. It also kind of opens, you know, there's a job opening. So now pr- pr- prospective candidates know about that job. And like, hey, I think that gets them on the radar potentially sooner. I think, you know, the Lions should absolutely hire someone like Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I-, I do wonder about Matthew Stafford, um, mm-hmm. RJ, that you-, you bring him. Like, are we ever going to see him win a playoff game? Like, I don't really know what to make of Matt Stafford because, like, Lions fans, and I know some from part of Detroit, will tell you, like, uh, you know, he's, he's good. He's better than you think he is. It's just the Lions are messing him up. The Lions, like, this, you know, the, the, the foul stench of the Lions, like, he can't succeed here. But I, I, I wonder. I don't really know. I don't know what to think about him. I want to have a take on Matthew Stafford. Um, but mm. like he's, I don't think he's terrible. But he's also, you know, he hasn't won a playoff game. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, he doesn't even invite takes. That's a great way of putting it. Like, um, I don't mean to, like to go to the like extreme here but like he's not even like joe flacco that inspires a take you know what i'm saying like he's just in the middle um and it is what it is um but i see i think i think you have to purge at this point i i I love the idea of matthew stafford um but i don't really love him like he's um He's like Kevin from The Office. You know what I mean? Like he has <laughs> some some moments that are great, but is he essential to the plot? You know what I mean? Like would the show be dramatically different if his character never existed? Um, so I have two final questions for you, BLG, on this game. They're both quarterback related. If Matthew Stafford isn't playing for the Lions in 2021, who is he playing for? And I realize it's yeah. really early to try to make that declaration, but I'm going to hold you to it no matter what. 
But I mean, that's entirely possible because I'm looking at this contract here. They can either cut or trade him to clear 14 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Now there's 19 million in dead million, but that's still pretty doable. I mean, they can move on. There has to be a team out there that, um, like the Patriots, maybe? Does that make sense? If, if Cam, you know, like if he doesn't resign there and it's not looking like amazing with, with Cam this year, um, who else am I missing here? Who what else if, is like. I, what if Drew Brees retires? Hmm. The Saints. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that. Um, like do the if I mean the Jets are going to draft a quarterback, so I'm betting they're not adding a veteran. But if they really kind of just like want to throw everything at the position and like hope something sticks, I mean, they could kind of do that. That would be fun. Um, so we'll see where Matthew Stafford ends up. I think if he's cut, I think he is maybe a. There's a lot of guys that I think are going to be linked to the Chicago gig. Like he's, you know, he would fit right there. Yes. Um, if he's cut, obviously. Um, my final question here, um, and then we'll move on because this game really was rather insignificant. Um, Deshaun Watson is the what best quarterback in the NFL at the moment? He has to be top ten, right? Well, yeah, duh. But I think he entered the game top ten. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's really obvious at this point. But that that is funny though, from like a four seven team, like just to be like, yeah, you know, top ten quarterback. <laughs> like, okay. It, it also um, is funny that like they're four and seven, and seemingly like he he's he's regarded as being completely like not responsible for any of it by like the mass media world. And I'm not trying to imply that like Deshaun is the reason that they are four and seven. But I mean, there's there's no accountability on him for that. It's he's there are there are a handful of quarterbacks, and you know this covering Carson Wentz, um, that have every excuse made up for them. And Deshaun has a worthy list. Like Bill O'Brien broke the team, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, they are four and seven, and he's been healthy the entire time. I think you can say like just outside the top five, maybe maybe like six. Mm, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, okay. Well, congratulations to Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans. J.J. Watt had the classic vintage, you know, bat it down uh, interception that he housed. He had a clever COVID-related tweet afterwards about social distancing. So kudos to J.J. Watt. Um, you know, again, a really forgetful performance um, by the Detroit Lions, but that's kind of the way they roll. Brandon and I are going to take a very quick break, going to try to get him some green bean casserole, and we'll be back in just a second after a word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back. Brandon got me to try Wawa. It sucked. Whataburger is so much better, uh, spoken as a true Texas person myself. Speaking of Texas, uh, BLG, check this out. So the Lions and Texans played today on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the last time, um, is it intra or interconference when it's an AFC-NFC team battle? Uh, intr- oh, inter. Inter. Okay. So like the last league play in the MLB would be NL versus AL. Okay, so the last time we had this particular interconference matchup, the Detroit Lions and Houston Texans in Detroit, was obviously 2012, eight years ago. That game also took place on Thanksgiving Day. So the last two times these two teams have faced off in Detroit was on Thanksgiving Day. Pretty cool, right? That day, that 2012 Thanksgiving Day, the Dallas Cowboys played who on Thanksgiving? I'm curious if you remember. What year is this? 2012. Hmm, I don't. I think you're going to kick yourself. They played the Washington football team and a sensational rookie quarterback at the time by the name of Robert Griffin III. Um, So the last time the Texans and Lions played on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys in Washington also played on Thanksgiving. And uh, and just like it happened that 2012 November day, the Texans and Washington both won. 41, the winning score here, again, as mentioned. 16, the losing score. 41 to 16, the Dallas Cowboys falling to 3 and 8. 
the Washington football team, the first team in the NFC East to four wins again on Thanksgiving Day, which catapults them to first place within the most storied division in the NFL. BLG, your thoughts, because I certainly have a lot. Uh, first for now, because if the New York Giants beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday and they're five and a half point favorites, or I think it might be up to six now, uh, then the Giants would be first place in the NFC East. But wait, RJ, it doesn't stop there. If the Eagles... Beat the Seahawks, which is not going to happen, to be clear. But if somehow, by some miracle, they did, then the Eagles would be in first place in the NFC. So it's really crazy and really speaks to how terrible this division is that there could be like three, you know, these lead changes within a span of days here. Uh, but as for the game itself, uh, I was surprised, RJ. I thought the Cowboys were going to win this game. Now, I, I really wasn't like out on Washington entirely. I've been saying, I just said it on re- as recently on the Look Ahead show. And look at me here. I'm on the Oddcast. I'm on the Look Ahead show. Uh, it's really just the uh, Brandon Lee Gowton uh, show. And everyone here is just along for the ride. That's, That's nice. That's true. Um, uh, so, but yeah, I wasn't down on Washington to where the point I think I thought they had no chance because they have a formula. They have a quarterback who ideally, you know, doesn't turn the ball over. Now he did that in this game and it was terrible, but like his, you know, his, his career, like he's had a habit of being conservative and, and kind of taking care of the ball. At least I'm um, not going to make the greatest plays in the world, but can kind of game manage. Uh, you have a running game that's emerging here with Antonio Gibson. Really like how he's been coming on. You have a defense that is legitimately good. Been saying that all year, like the Washington defense is the best unit in the NFC East. Like, mm-hmm. is there any question about that? Would you agree with that? I would. I would say like, if you specify units, their defensive line specifically if you go like offensive line, pass catching group, running group, right. quarterbacks, whatever, the Washington defensive front is the best throughout the entire division. They're overall in DVOA, they're sixth. They're top six defense in DVOA, and that might only go up here after this game against Dallas. Um, so yeah, so didn't really wasn't like out in Washington by any means, but I just seen this Cowboys team, you know, play competitive against Pittsburgh, had a chance to win that game, led most of the game, had their bye week, and then they go out and beat. A Minnesota team that I think is a little bit better than their record indicates. So I thought they were going to come in and win this game. And I saw that momentum uh, kind of manifesting or building on bloggingtheboys.com where I, I feel like there's been, from what I've seen from afar, you know I'm monitoring, uh, <laughs> like a team tank versus a team win the NFC East. And uh, it seemed like momentum was building towards that win the NFC East. And I thought, uh, for me... I uh, talked about it on Bleeding Green Nation this week. Like, I think the worst thing for the Eagles could be for the Cowboys to win this division and kind of build some momentum heading into next year. But it looks like that won't be happening now. Uh, I was, I, I didn't, th- again, I thought the Cowboys were going to win. And for them to get blown out really like this, that surprised me. So um, I would go a step further back in your momentum was building for the Cowboys. I think that game in Philadelphia helped because th- it was the week before the last time they played Washington their offensive line had just been decimated and Washington was able to pounce on that. Andy Dalton gets hurt and everybody was kind of shook for the week. Um, and obviously they had to play Ben DiNucci and that was a really difficult factor for them. And they were still competitive in that game. I mean, it really was up until the end that that they were in that that game. And so then you're right. The next week with Garrett Gilbert to, re, you know, to be in that game, to be leading that game against the Steelers, I think inspired a lot. And I think the bye week allowed time to just catch breath i mean because so much had happened for the cowboys and i don't mean to be like you know oh whoa are the cowboys like only bad things happen to the cowboys whatever but you agree obviously that an inordinate number of bad things have happened to them compared to a lot of teams um so yeah i mean it it did it did make logical sense okay they go to minnesota the plan materialized right they had the time to figure it out and 
this is this is kind of who they are with with time to prepare with the sky not falling and I think the sky just fell early on the first offensive possession they lost Cam Irving their current starting left tackle and then Zach Martin goes down there uh Jerry Jones may disagree with this Jerry Jones I'm sure you saw this last week last Friday said on 105.3 the fan that he believes Ezekiel Elliott is the best player on the Dallas Cowboys uh the best player on the Cowboys went down with a calf injury in this game in Zach Martin and so right away you're down your your starting tackles and I thought that Andy Dalton played well in spite of all that he had the 54 yard touchdown to Amari Cooper I thought this was one of the worst games that Kellen Moore has ever called for the Cowboys I thought that this was Mike McCarthy's worst game as the head coach of the Cowboys which obviously is not a large sample size I agree with you I think a lot of people that were team tank um, some of it is the like the energy of it all right like you haven't won a game in a long time so you just get kind of swindled by that uh, but the idea was okay first your head coach you're, you're building a culture if you can rally you can win in spite of all this that that can go a long way for for your CD lambs for your whoever's and so I think a lot of people kind of jumped on that idea uh, but and then you know we haven't mentioned it yet but the tragedy that happened to the Cowboys this week uh, their strength and conditioning coordinator Marcus Paul passing away on Wednesday at the age of 54 for um you you can you know it's so difficult to talk about the football of it all but um the the non-covid medical emergency that happened happened tuesday morning the cowboys obviously operating on a short week um they canceled practice entirely on tuesday so i mean i'm i'm sure there's something to the fact that they missed you know their sort of true work day on the week um that kind of led to a lot of the disconnect um and so that's i think a fair qualifier to add um and as hard as it is to train transition from that but the football of it all was so bad i you know on the blog and the boys post game show some of the things we talked about were uh early on on fourth and one qb sneaked that thing you know you hand it off to the best player on the team in jerry jones's words instead of getting cute and trying to throw it to cd lamb and you can debate penalties and whatever but still the idea of that is poor uh, i have utterly no idea brandon what the fake punt was that Mike McCarthy <laughs> tried to pull off at the time that they pulled. The, and, and again, the Cowboys have had some trickery. John Fossil, woo. Um, you know, they had a great punt play, if you want to call it a trick, uh, against Pittsburgh. But they were down by four, 20 to 16 inside their own territory with over 12 minutes left and if you do subscribe to the we've got to win the division etc like i'm i'm a huge fan of analytics i'm a huge fan of dvoa and all these things but like they all say punt that ball don't try to get too cute and it felt like that's what they were doing and that moment kind of you know sort of yanked the loose thread and everything unraveled from there um, they look disorganized, and again, as mentioned, there's there's a good reason for them to have not had their head in everything this week. Uh, but this was just, I mean, this this was back to their Cleveland game, and I know Dak Prescott played that game, but um, they they looked they got run over in every sense, and we're gonna have to see these highlights a lot because they're gonna be showing Alex Smith wins comeback player of the year. Yeah, uh, the the fake punt was just like, see, I'm with you on the same page of being aggressive and everything. It's not that I hated the mentality; it's I hated the I really hated the play. Like, right. what was going on? Like, the design was just like, okay, we're just going to run behind the line of scrimmage for, like, 10 seconds and then uh, run a long yeah, distance like, to go. Yeah, like, it wasn't like, even like Cedric Wilson. And we know Cedric Wilson can throw. He threw a touchdown to Dak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but, like, in in like what, in like, what 
what's the best outcome, you know, of him running up the middle on, and it wasn't even like that was fourth and two, it was fourth and 10. And so uh, those things are are really troubling and really that there was a lot of reason, I think over the last few weeks, as mentioned, to buy into Mike McCarthy and to say, okay, the guy was just dealt an incredibly bad hand. He's showing signs of promise, et cetera. But a lot of that good was undone against Washington. Yes, I want to get uh, – I want to uh, gauge where you're at because when we had you on the oddcast earlier this year, I asked you, like, do you even want the Cowboys to win the NFC East? <laughs> does, really, does anyone want to win the NFC East? Speaking for an Eagles perspective, I do not want the Eagles to win the NFC East. Uh, so where are you at with McCarthy, I guess, on the whole on this year? And then also into that, do you want the Cowboys to tank? I – I mean, so I I do think there's merit to winning the division at this point. Um, And I know we'll kind of go through these teams' remaining schedules here in a second. Um, And so I think it's possible they get to seven or so wins. I mean, again, we'll get there. But um, and I I, I still think there's a a kernel of truth to the idea that his his I hate to call it his process like it's just him. But like the process is taking hold. I do think that I think Andy Dalton played really well. I think that, you know, the injury snowball happened again this game. Um, I hate to call this an excuse. I know you you don't view it as an excuse or anybody doesn't view it as an excuse. But this week was really trying for them. Um, and so I'm I'm certainly fine with with giving this time. Um, and so more than anything, I'm fine with experimentation, but that's, that's what I really want to see. Two of the Cowboys draft picks, Bradley and I, who a lot of people loved in the draft process and Reggie Robinson have been inactive most of the season. And so if you're going to be this team and you're, you're going to stumble into the NFCs, that's fine. I really don't care. You know, we'll celebrate. We'll act like we wanted it all along. We'll troll bleeding green nation. and It'll be fun. Um, if you get a top three pick or a top five pick, that's cool. We'll study all the draft prospects in the world. But do not go this entire time and don't play these guys because you can never recreate these circumstances. I know that you didn't have OTAs and minicamps and everything like that. But, I mean, you're, you're forfeiting legitimate opportunities to get real playing time for players that are conceivably going to be part of the long-term future. If I have to pick a camp, I'm, I'm probably Team Tank over Team Win the NFC East, especially after what happened against Washington. It certainly seems like Minnesota was the aberration. But, um, but I do... More than anything beyond that, I want I want CD Lamb to grow because that's that's the most important thing at this point for the Cowboys, and that's that's what the focus has to be. So you got to get CD Lamb like ten targets a game um, because you have to invest in him, and, and that wasn't happening in that rough stretch, especially with like Ben DiNucci. And so um, you've got a lot of plants, and you've got to water them. And you know, if we don't get sunlight tomorrow, that's fine. But there are still controllable things that we can do on our end. I always love the analogies here. Um, so let's go through the NFC schedules. I think that could be fun to do. Uh, see where we have the, I mean, fun, fun for us. Probably not fun for anyone who doesn't actually care about the NFC. Uh, but let's run this through this real quick. Eagles, they have Seahawks this week, win or loss. Um, well, spoiler alert, I think the Eagles lose their next four games. Um, okay, so you, you have them lost at Seahawks, lost versus Seahawks, lost at Packers, lost versus Saints, then lost versus Cardinals that would drop them down to three 11 and one then what do you have them doing in the final two games there because then they play at the Cowboys and then the football team I think 
the only the the most confident I am in any Cowboys remaining game is the Eagles game. Um, okay. Now I don't mean to pile on, but if Jalen Hurts is playing at that point, because I think Jalen Hurts should play for similar reasons that we've kind of outlined here. That's mm-hmm. a that's a different discussion, you know, because sure. we don't we don't know what Jalen Hurts is. But if it's if it's more of the same, I don't think there's any reason to pick the Eagles in that game. Of the four I mentioned, the one that I'm the the least confident in the Eagles blowing um, is the Saints game because I mm-hmm. do think the Saints Falcons performance last week was kind of this like this ride of petty you know what I mean and so I'm curious to see who the Saints are when they don't have that driving motivation um, because you know but and I don't I don't want to be the guy that doubts Sean Payton but I do think that would be really interesting um, again depending on who Taysom Hill is over the rest of, of you know this month and, and next month etc but uh, but so I I guess that has you know I think the Eagles lose their their next five games and i think i think they win one so i'll give them that washington game at the end and i think that maybe they they stop washington from winning the nfc east and give it to new york or something like it could shake out like that in, in a fun way yeah i think they really could lose out <laughs> i think that's very possible <laughs> i think one win at most um i mean they, they lost to washington week one and now you know they're going to go up a better quarterback against a better quarterback now smith i actually think that eagles uh, washington game could be Spoiler alert here, where Washington like clinches the division in the Eagles stadium. It's like the Eagles, uh, and also it, it could potentially clinch the Eagles finishing last in maybe the worst division ever, which would <laughs> prompt hopefully some much needed changes here, uh, in the front office, especially. So let's just say the Eagles are going to lose out, RJ. Uh, I don't think you really are really going to lose any sleep about that if we do that. So let's put them at 3, 12, and 1 here. Okay, we'll move on to the Cowboys. Um, they obviously just lost today. Their remaining five games, it's the at the Ravens, uh, at the Bengals, versus the 49ers, versus the Eagles, which you already gave them a win for, and then at the Giants. How many more games do you think the Cowboys win? Well, I will say this, and this is an appropriate time to drop the newsiest item of the day. It was reported kind of at the end of the Cowboys game that Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, has tested positive for COVID-19. It was then in the ensuing aftermath reported there were another handful of Ravens players. There's been a few reports. Um, reportedly, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh has shut down the Ravens facility until Monday at the very late, earliest. Excuse me. Um, so Sunday's game between the Ravens and Steelers that was supposed to be taking place at the time that you and I are literally talking right now um, seems to be in jeopardy. And that you know, was going to give the Cowboys the advantage I talked about. They were not only going to be coming off of a home Thursday game before a road Thursday game, but they were seemingly going to be coming off of a full week's worth of rest while the Ravens were going to be coming off of a short week. Um, It remains to be seen how that is reshuffled. I don't know if maybe the Ravens and Steelers play Thursday or Wednesday or something, and then Dallas and Baltimore play next Sunday. Um, But so obviously COVID is a factor in that game. But regardless, I'll still give Dallas a loss for that. I, I, I think even RG3, who was the last quarterback to sweep Dallas uh, for Washington before this year. Um, I think he, whoever beats the Cowboys, um, it'll be a nice reunion for Des Bryant. Uh, the Ryan Finley, Brandon Allen factor is interesting in Cincinnati. I think the Cowboys could stumble <laughs> into a win there. I'm, I'm anxious is to it? see them. Well, I'm anxious to see them against the Giants. Um, and I'll get, I'll, I'll spoil this now. I'll give the Giants that win. And okay. I think I think the Cowboys probably win that game. I think they probably lose to San Francisco just because of the Kyle Shanahan factor. And then I think they beat Philadelphia and then lose to New York at the end, probably because the Giants are playing for the NFC East. So two more wins. You have them finishing at five and eleven. Then yeah, 
Okay, so we'll move on to the Giants. So you just said you have, you have beating the Bengals, and I also agree. How could you kind of not? Um, they're coming off their bye. They're favored in this game. I think the Giants have been building positive momentum here. Um, I do think they win this week, so that's one. And then they have at the Seahawks versus the Cardinals versus the Browns at the Ravens. So that's four teams straight with winning records right there. And then they finish the season against the Cowboys, which you already said. I think the Giants are going to win. Yeah, that's five. Hmm. <laughs> is it only five do they win another game i think the the closest contender for me is cleveland just mm. because like what you could get like a weird baker game um yep. who, who knows what the wild card positioning is at that point in, in the afc um but so that's that's the biggest you know potential flip for me so we'll have them finish at five and 11 too is that fair i think that's fair Okay, so that brings us to the football team uh, at the Steelers. That's a loss. This, this we both agree that's a loss. That's a loss. Versus the 49ers, I think they can beat the 49ers. So I will say I'll go a week later. They're losing to the Seahawks, right? We agree. Um, mm-hmm. Se- Seattle's – and, like, people are going to be like, whoa, Seattle's back. Dude, no, Seattle just got to play the NFC East. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, So they're going to lose to Seattle. I think that they are going to win one of the two games that border the Seahawks game, either the road game in San Francisco, and that one I'm less confident in, but the Carolina game with the like, this one's for Ron Rivera, you know, like that factor, I think, propels them to getting that win, and that puts them at five hmm. for, at that point, and then they play Philly. Um, so we have, so you have them at five wins too. Six, because they're they're at four Six. now as of Thanksgiving night, and then I think they'll they'll get one of the Frisco Carolina games, and then they'll beat Philly. Okay, six. yeah, I th- I think they could win potentially seven. Really, um, that might be Ooh. on the high end. Maybe the I think it's those it comes under the 49ers game, that Panthers game, which will be interesting. Ron Rivera uh, revenge game potentially uh, going up against Carolina. There, I do think they beat the Eagles in Week 17. Um, but again, the Jalen Hurts factor. Yeah, if he comes right. in, that's a total wild card. Can't even account for that right now. Um, the Eagles aren't even entertaining benching benching Carson Wentz, or are they? Who knows? Uh, yeah. So so in that case, what we just ran through, we had the Eagles at three, twelve, and one. <laughs> last in the division uh even if you're generous and give them a win still last uh uh cowboys five and eleven giants five and eleven and the washington football team uh continuing the trend of nfc east teams to not repeat as division winners with the eagles you know having won last year winning the division at six and ten and rj this kind of brings me to my next question uh maybe finding some common ground here on a holiday who do we not want to win the nfc east most which is a very awkwardly phrased question which team would we both enjoy i think or which team if we have to pick a team to win the nfc east uh and especially if it's not the eagles or the giants or the eagles or the cowboys sorry uh which like which which one of those two teams and i think washington actually is the answer because like they have the worst situation in terms of quarterback like get them away from a top pick right i think i agree with you um on on the like fifth attempt at the question um (laughs) (laughs) but I agree. I also think that Dan Snyder is the most likely of the four ownership groups to sort of like buy the we won the division, yes. you know, mystique. Like we're fine. Go all in. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's nothing wrong here. Um, I do think that that 
Yeah, we've already heard like reports that they're going to double down and keep the name, right? Like the football team. I think mm-hmm. that would would like stamp that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They would say, "Oh, we have to keep it now." By the way, I tweeted the first week of the season that the Philadelphia Eagles lost the first game ever in the history of the football team. The Dallas Cowboys have never beaten them. They've gotten swept by them. So, um, Ooh, you know, I've tasted rough. my own medicine and it is bitter. Uh, but yeah, I think Washington would be the most hysterical. I think New York winning it um would be for the same reasons you have concerns about the cowboys winning it i share those like there would be this like oh crap daniel jones has a little bit of footing you know and then they would be this like hot ticket in the offseason like oh they're Mm -hmm. getting saquon back you know and then it would just be like they might land a big free agent you know and just and then that would like the dave gettleman of it all would be obnoxious and so i don't want to deal with that um and and you know again never enjoy a division rival but the alex smith story is really cool um so that'd be kind of cool to see that kind of take fruition yeah i uh i would love to see gettleman stick around though so that could actually be a positive <laughs> but yeah but yeah true. i agree with you on, on most of that um and then it's important to note here that you know if the giants and washington do finish with the same record you know the giants do have that tiebreaker from beating them twice so uh washington has to finish at least one game ahead here to to actually clinch this thing it'll be interesting uh <laughs> interesting for the sake we spent all this time in the nfc East RJ. no one probably cares they're gonna be one and done in the playoffs anyway although i don't know if washington kind of finishes the season strong here maybe they uh maybe they can catch someone by surprise i, I don't think so but we maybe. spent we spent a lot of time on the nfc east um but the nfl spends a lot of time on the nfc east so i mean we're just we're following the protocol here you know it's really not or, our fault or more like the nfc least oh see like i'm you just love it, right <laughs> i um it's been a it's been a long day i mean to be honest i don't know why i'm still here uh but uh but yeah shout out to the people that the shout out to the first person that ever came up with that you are the best you are the most clever person to ever live um i think is you know it is what it is uh blg this was fun um i think we share the sentiment if you liked our show um you know here today on this wonderful friday um subscribe to the sb nation nfl show we love and support and endorse all the shows that the feed has they're great you get an episode every day you hear from different hosts uh mondays and tuesdays are awesome but you know what so are wednesdays thursdays and what is normally our friday show the cheat sheet uh brandon is available on all bleeding green nation properties they've got a fine audio production themselves over bgn radio blogging the boys is your home for dallas cowboys content you can occasionally catch us you know crossing over the pond uh to dip our toes in each other's waters when the Cowboys and Eagles play uh, like we will do you know, here in a couple of weeks when it's uh, Andy Dalton versus Jalen Hurts, I would expect. Uh, but uh, that, that, that's for another time. Uh, BLG, give me, give me one surprise pick for Sunday. One surprise pick for Sunday's slate. Well, uh, let's say that the Jets get their first win. They beat the I, Dolphins. I, I was eyeing that one. Um, I think that's a good candidate. I um, I don't know if this qualifies as a surprise. Actually, I'll stick with your theme. I'll say the Bears beat the Packers. And that mm. sen- sends things into a different world of with- chaos, especially because it'll be Mitchell Trubisky. I was going to say with Mitchell Trubisky, because it looks like Nick Foles is not going to play. Uh, Brandon, it was a great time. I learned that you don't like Thanksgiving. So, you know, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, thanks everybody for checking us out. Uh, Monday football Monday drops appropriately on Monday. You'll hear from myself, Pete Sweeney, Michael Kist, and Tuesday you'll get BLG and Rob Stats Guerrero. BLG, any final words? Uh, this has been great, RJ. It's always a good time when we get together and let's, uh, maybe never do it again. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. We love you all. <laughs>